Welcome to Paper Boys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I am your host today, James, accompanied, as always, by the great co-host, Charlie Kelly. That's my magician name. <laughs> the great co-host. You didn't bring a hat today or a mm, rabbit. No, but you can be my magician's assistant. Uh, okay. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <I'm> a- <laughs> You know, it's a very prestigious position. I'm kind of insulted. You're not accepting with more aplomb. Well, you know, Charlie, I have many other offers on the table. Okay. Many other famed magicians <laughs> and witches. James and I are, in fact, not a magic act. We are PhD students, and we started this podcast as a way of sharing our love for science because we read so many papers in the course of our own research that sometimes the mind goes numb and you need to, you know, read some papers outside your field. Still, though, to this day, love the magic of science. <laughs> <laughs> oh man bring a little cheese and plan it. that one out james i did for days so what are you going to be talking about on today's episode so this is going to sound like magic but the paper i'm bringing in today was popping up in the news and it is about people hacking voice controlled devices with lasers with lasers with lasers uh how how would that work Do the lasers like make sound uh in a way in an indirect way, they make sound okay. through something that's called the photoelectric effect, or sorry, the photoacoustic effect, which we'll be diving that, into more detail. That sounds familiar. It is, in fact, the same effect that we talked about in one of our first episodes, which yeah. makes me really excited. Is this the same as the uh, the meteors that you could hear? Yes. Oh, okay. A classic. Right, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. A classic. All right. Great teaser. Welcome to Paper Boys. thanks everyone for tuning in please check us out on twitter and instagram our handles at paperboyspod we also would love it if you checked out our patreon patreon.com slash paperboyspod we have a new bonus episode this month yeah it's an exciting one yeah i said that as though we don't have a new bonus episode every month but <laughs> no i think this one's cool it's um it's actually relevant to everybody even though it's focused on an interesting mutiny in space yeah, there were these astronauts living on a space station in the 70s who basically told NASA to screw off. For a, a day. day. For a for day. day. Yeah, for a day. But then they never flew in space again. For many reasons. <laughs> for many reasons. But so James and I cover this kind of mutiny that happened, why it happened, and some of the science that has spun off as a result of that. And, that, you know, it's interesting. One of the studies that we looked at for the majority of this bonus episode is one about the effects of sleep deprivation. And... It's Dude, pretty eye-opening for both of us. You changed my life with that study. I think it's relevant to anybody in any career or anyone who has like kids or a lot of different engagements where like it's easy to compromise on sleep. I think if you hear about this paper and the study, you might reconsider. Dude, I since we recorded that episode, I have made a point of getting eight hours of sleep every night. Even if it means like, oh, I'm going to go into work later tomorrow. Yeah. I've made a point of like whenever I'm falling asleep, set the alarm for eight hours after that. That's your smart man, Charlie Kelly. Yeah, it's been going well. We'll have to we'll have to get a survey with our patrons to see if after listening to the episode if it changes their sleep habits. Yeah, we should. So if you are interested in that bonus episode, it's on our Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. It's only three dollars and fourteen cents. Less get, than a price of pie. Yes. I was actually at the store with my wife the other day 
and we walked in and there was a slice of pie on sale for five dollars and she was like wow your bonus episodes are way cheaper than a slice of pie (laughs) i actually bet she did say that she did say that i'm not (laughs) kidding this is a true story that makes me very happy yeah yeah so check it out I think the content is interesting. I'm biased, but uh, Charlie and I... W- That's a real hard sell there, James. We put a lot of effort into making it interesting. interesting. <laughs> you might like it. Yeah, t- maybe. If you have I'm time. over here like, give us your money. Uh, no, anyway. So, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. Enough shilling. James, what is the deal with these lasers and smart devices? I wish I had a laser cat t-shirt because this would be the perfect opportunity to wear it. It's like uh, from that uh, SNL skit. I didn't realize that originated from an SNL skit. Well, I don't, I don't know, know if it originated, but uh, you, the big SNL fan, I would expect to know, know about this. No. Never seen this? No. Oh, man. This is from like back when Andy Samberg was like new to SNL. Whoa. I feel like this was the first one of those videos that I remember going viral. Yeah. Like this was pre-Lazy Sunday. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'll have to look it up. Anyway. Deep cuts. <laughs> I didn't hear about this paper on SNL. Okay. Even though I could see them probably spoofing something about it. But it was popping up all over the popular news. Um, Wired had an article that said, hackers can use lasers to, quote, speak to your Amazon Echo or Google Home. Ars Technica said, researchers hack Siri, Alexa, and Google Home by shining lasers at them. And CNN said, researchers used a laser to hack Alexa and other voice assistants. So they're hacking it using a laser, but you said that it's photoacoustic, so it's actually, like the laser's actually making a sound. In a way, yeah. It's creating sound waves. Okay. Is it creating a sound wave that is supposed to sound like a person? Or is it like a more, you know, computer science-y form of hacking where they're like sending a bitstream and bypassing the firewall and, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, no. I mean, they're like actually using... A laser to transmit audio signals, audio voice signals that are used the same way you say, okay, Google, or "Whoa, Alexa, do this for me. Okay. Uh, all right. This is starting to get freaky because I feel like this could maybe have applications beyond just, you know, playing the wrong song on your Alexa. <laughs> yes, okay. absolutely. So, so what's the actual paper that these are all coming from? So I don't think this has been published uh, specifically in like a journal or a conference yet, but it is posted on uh, the group's website. So the researchers are from Japan, uh, the University of Electrocommunications, and then University of Michigan. Hmm. And so they have a website, which you can check out, called lightcommands.com with cool videos about it and a link to this paper that it's in a like conference journal-style format. And, you know, they're bringing up a hack for a lot of voice-controlled devices, including voice-controlled devices like cars so they worked with tesla and ford on this wait is that like a safety concern with a voice like a car you can't tell it like accelerate now you know no no you can't do that with your voice but you can like unlock doors and control the climate system oh, that's and stuff. a good point okay so i guess what i'm getting at is like it's not peer-reviewed per se in the traditional reviewer sense but it, it's but been looked at a lot is it technically a paper it's technically a paper okay so we don't have to forsake the name Paper Boys. No, and we're technically not the peer-reviewed Paper Boys. That's true. That's true. Any papers going, I suppose. <laughs> uh, it seems legit. Like I'll just open the floodgates of our email <laughs> suggestion God. box. All that to say as well, like reading through it, it seemed legit. Nothing seemed out of the out of the ordinary. Yeah, okay. So you are the peer who's reviewing this. Yes. 
We are the peers. We are the peer. So they published this thing on their website, and you said it's been getting a lot of attention. What was like their kind of goal with this research? Like just to demonstrate that these devices are insecure, or do they have? Do they say like, I don't know? Is there a more nefarious purpose here? <laughs> I mean, so I think kind of one of their purposes is to get a lot of interest in their lab from. Google, Amazon, Tesla, <laughs> Ford, all at the same time. Like, hey, we exist. Yeah. So uh, I think they succeeded in that. Yeah. I guess what I mean is like what I asked before about how like playing the wrong song on your Alexa, like hacking someone's Alexa. Ultimately, you probably can't do that much damage. But is it, are they showing this as a proof of concept for a technique that could be way more nefarious? Yes. Or are they really just trying to say like, hey, your your devices aren't as secure as you think? No, I mean, I think it says both. So your devices aren't as secure as you think, but we do a lot with these devices because they make our lives easier, whether it's Siri on your phone and like you don't want to tap out a text or this is where it gets more nefarious, like connecting your voice controlled device like Google Home to things in your home like lights, garage doors, appliances. Oh, dude, garage door. That's really sketchy. Or like yeah. or like you have a smart lock on your front door or something. Yes. Someone shines a laser through, unlocks the door and gets in. Exactly. Wow. So IoT, um, man, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And this it's, is why I live in Iraq. <laughs> I know. I still don't know how to use my cell phone <laughs> for the best. Yeah. You just got to get a laser. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> we'll just communicate with Morse code laser beams. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So, basically, this paper goes through and uh, talks about how they developed this system, this hardware system to hack voice-controlled devices, including tablets, smartphones, home assistants. Uh, they talk through some of the science of the hardware, some of the characterization, and then they do some pretty cool examples and wrap up with some ways to counteract it. Like, what are the pitfalls if, if you want, if you were a hacker and you wanted to use this to get into someone's home, like... How would they get around you? To how would they block you? Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Countermeasures. So I, I mean, I feel like there's probably already some easy ways to get around it, but but maybe not if this is like a very advanced technique. So what are they actually doing to trick the devices? So yeah, let me put this into context. So oh, man, you faked me out. I thought that was a Dan Carlin quote. <laughs> let me put this into perspective for you. So at your home, in a lot of homes, by your front door, you usually have a window. There's a windowsill, oftentimes a couch or something. And oftentimes, it's an area of your room, house where you spend a lot of time. So people often put their home assistance somewhere in that vicinity, somewhere where you can see it through a window. Right. So the authors of this paper came up with a scenario where uh, you have a hacker that has some sort of bad intent, whether it's to break into your house or like hack your Amazon accounts or something like that. So they basically have line of sight of your device. And they can see your device through your window. Okay. So is that the kind of the test setup that they develop in their lab? Yes. Yes. So they're like, how can you hack one of these things from a distance? It doesn't make sense to send an audio signal because A, the person in the home will hear it. And B, it's hard for that to travel a long distance. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everyone would hear you. Okay. So with this idea and goal of being inconspicuous, what could you do? Well, you could shine a laser at it. But what's that going to do? Is this a rhetorical question? No, or? no, no, I mean, no. You could but shine I mean, a laser at it. I'm thinking of, you know, in a very kind of dumb sense, you could shine a laser at it and like break it. Maybe if you had some high power laser or you hit whatever sensor that, but yeah, that's obviously yeah. not what they're doing. here. They don't want to break the device. 
they don't want to break it. They want to leverage it. And so there's this cool thing when you actually tear apart a lot of these devices. As a result of miniaturization, a lot of the microphones that we used are what are called MEMS devices. Hmm. Microelectromechanical systems, MEMS. Okay. So they're they're really small, they're really sensitive, and they're cheap to manufacture in bulk because it's a lot of the same techniques that you use for making like transistor circuits. So it's like photolithography. Oh, so wait, so it's really, the microphone is that small? It's really small. Like how small are we talking? I mean, on the order of microns. Whoa. I mean, so maybe 10 to 100 microns. Still, I mean, you'd barely be able to even see that. Yeah, so I mean, there's a chip and packaging and all this stuff, but it has a small diaphragm that's inside there. Wow. And this is moving. And what they what they realized is that if you shine a laser, shine a laser on the diaphragm, uh, you can take advantage of the photoacoustic effect. Okay. So we talked about this in, I think, like episode number three or something. Yeah. But I'm going to need a refresher because that was a long time ago. So the photoacoustic effect is essentially if you shine light on a material, that material will absorb some of the energy and it'll heat up as a result. When the material heats up, the air around it will heat up as well. And so you're changing the temperature of air. If you change the intensity of the light such that the material heats up, cools down, heats up, cools down, you'll start creating this wave as the air heats up and cools down as well. Oh, like it creates an actual pressure wave. Yes. Which and is sound. That's, that's an audio sound. Like a, that's a sound. Yeah. So wow. a cool analogy for this is, um, I mean, this is actually, it's not even an analogy. It's like an actual device that Alexander Graham Bell created in 1880. Whoa. Uh, called the photophone. Whoa. But that is exactly what I would think something invented in 1880 would be called. The photophone. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was a something phone. <laughs> the, yeah, never mind. <laughs> so make a dumb 1880s joke. But a way to think about it, too, is uh, like how could, you, how could you transmit information with a laser? If you took a speaker and you glued a mirror onto it and you went out with your laptop and the speaker on a sunny day and you positioned it so like light was reflecting off the speaker into like a shaded corner if you started playing music through the speaker the light intensity from the mirror bouncing off would like you'd see it fluctuate based yeah, on the sound the light kind of rippling yeah so yeah, you can okay. start to see how you could start like if you instead of playing music from your computer you had a microphone and you were talking into the speaker it would start to move it sort of at the cadence of your voice whoa wait a second are you saying that that's how they're going to get the laser to sound like a voice? Basically. They hooked yeah. up to a speaker? Well, no. So it's a little different for a laser. Okay. For a speaker, you're using the fact that you have this ambient light source of the sun. Yeah. For a laser, you need to change the intensity. So the way you do that with a laser is you change the amount of current. Okay. All right. Because when I was thinking about this, I was like, it's probably some advanced, you know, they have all the signal processing, filtering stuff to get like an audio signal to modulate the laser it's really not that complicated though really and so that's one of the things that they bring up with this is it's like for less than 500 dollars worth of hardware you can get a pretty high powered laser a modulator for it uh, like you can just buy it online and you wow. just hook it up to the audio card of your um laptop okay that's cool so backing up i feel like you kind of dumped a lot on me there so what's happening is you're sending an audio signal into some into your modulator, mm -hmm. which is then connected to the laser, and then the laser controls its brightness, like yeah. as a function of the the audio sound. 
Yeah, so you could think of it, if you speak louder, the laser is going to be lighter. The laser is going to be uh, more powerful. So if you speak more... No, I don't... Well, yeah, but also isn't it more like... It's also modulating it at like a frequency that is, you know, kilohertz or something? Yeah, so then as you speak, all the frequencies from your voice are also translated to different like amplitudes. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, when you like, we're recording this podcast now, but if you look at like the time plot of like a voice there's a bunch of like peaks and troughs yeah yeah yeah. so like that's the amplitude of the laser oh it's just moving at that rate okay so you're literally you're playing back audio into a laser okay so then the laser spits it out and then that light goes and hits this tiny tiny diaphragm on the device Mm -hmm. and the photo acoustic effect causes like very tiny fluctuations in the heating around it which then gets actually played as audio to that microphone yeah, and that, so they did a really nice plot to show that. They sent a sine wave through the laser, and they measured on an example microphone. Here's a picture of the microphone. You can see it's, like, really small. This is zoomed in. Whoa, yeah, it's tiny. So it's this little window on that chip. Oh, man, it's really small. <laughs> really small. And so then they changed the intensity of the laser using a sinusoid, and the voltage on the microphone was then the exact same waveform. Dude, those are identical. Yeah, it works really well. That is, it's actually alarming how well that works. I was expecting this to be like, well, under these certain conditions and, you know, we were we were barely able to back out the sound that it made, but no, it's like exactly reproduced. Exactly reproduced. Also, I should have mentioned this from the beginning. One of the reasons this is getting a lot of traction is like, it worked really well. They were able to do it from a tower into a hotel room that was 110 meters away. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of frightening. Yeah. So, I mean, it works well, and they're only limited by the power of the laser. They could buy it. They specifically limited themselves to laser powers that you could easily buy off the shelf. Wow. Without, like, burning someone's eyes off. Yeah, or needing, like, a license or something. Yeah. I mean, the the power that they used could cause moderate damage to your eyes. Right. But, but it's not like... But they're hackers, you know? They're not going to melt your face. They're, they've got to use dangerous weapons course so this all right this is already like a very interesting concept that you could spoof like sounds this way to these microphones because i mean i mean lots of things that we have around us have microphones not just your google home like my laptop has one my phone has one and they tested it with phones and laptops too really yeah oh and it works uh yeah i mean you know you need line of sight of the person's microphone and does it have to does the microphone like I'm thinking you could very easily just cover the microphone with like a piece of electrical tape or something. I mean, the sound is still going to get through that, but the laser's not. The laser's not, but that would be interesting if you covered it up, like, would it get through tape? If you put a piece of tape on your microphone, because the tape would still heat up. Yeah. Oh, so it's not the diaphragm itself that's heating up. It's like all the stuff around it. It is. Yeah, it's going through because, yeah, sorry, that's a good point. Um, because if you look at some of these devices, they do have like a mesh over the microphone. Here's an example oh, of you're Google right. Home. And so you need to know where the microphones are, but you can still get oh, it to work. So, that, so that's why I, I said very, that's why I said early in the episode, like, oh, I can think of really easy ways of, around this. But no, it's like, it's just heating up just general stuff. So it doesn't really matter whether you cover it. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Sorry about that. I should no, 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 that's fine. Uh, and you can look at this table of all the things that they tested and successfully hacked. 
it's very large there's like 17 <laughs> there's a lot of things there. yeah so what did they actually do then to these devices i'm curious like what fidelity of audio they were able to transmit to them great question so they did four different audio commands and then they verified them by actually looking at the the log data of commands for each device when they did it oh okay but the commands that they used the first one was what time is it because that's very easy to tell if you're successful because it just speaks back It'll to you. Answer, yeah. The next one is set the volume to zero. And this is so that the owner, if you're conducting attack, you set the volume to zero so that you don't hear the, the person who owns the device doesn't hear it responding. So then when you start, you know, loading up their cart with toilet paper, it's like, yeah, it's not going to start shouting out like 10,000 rolls of toilet paper added to your <laughs> Amazon cart. Charlie, you have a weird hacker's mind. I don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> like, I mean, what else can you really do with like access to someone else's Alexa? Like, I'm just thinking of like pranks. Yeah. Well, you could order things and then intercept the package before the owners got into it. Yeah. So you're basically stealing. So you have a lot of toilet paper. Yeah. Well, that's why my mind went there. I really need 10,000 rolls of toilet paper. Just saying. <laughs> um, well, so on that topic, the next thing that they tested was purchase a laser pointer. Oh. And just then, trying to buy itself a friend. Yep. <laughs> Can you really fault it? It's like little Wally. <laughs> yeah. And then the final one, which is more nefarious, I think, is open the garage door. Yeah, that one's sketchy. Yeah. But I mean, I'm going to be honest. If you have your Alexa hooked up to your garage door, I think you kind of have that one coming. Yes. And they talk about it because like, so a lot of those functions, people know that they're sort of like mission critical for your home like you don't want people just being able to randomly open your garage door or whatever so right. oftentimes these voice assistants have a pin code huh. to do it but they talk about different ways and oftentimes these pin code systems are pretty faulty like it sounds like google actually contracts out some of its pin authentication stuff to outside contractors and they're not always very good if you google's have... not handling your data correctly wow <laughs> Charlie, they're listening. Hang on. I need to take a moment here to really digest that. I'll bow to our Google overlords, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. No. Who would have ever expected? So it is a little more complicated. And there are some cases where in order to actually carry out these attacks, you'd have to do some form of, form of like social engineering and figure out the pin initially. Yeah. But that's already like a large part of what hackers do. Yeah. You know. So, you know, it's like. With the pin information, which usually people's pins aren't very complicated or long. Like, and if you know the, the person's pin, birthday. Yeah. Which would not be that hard to figure out. Yeah. Then it's like, now you can open the garage door. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Although, yeah. I, I mean, like, a lot of garage doors have a little number pad. You know, before we had Alexa's, they have a number pad. Like, it's the same susceptibility. True. And right. then, you know, all you really have to... <laughs> I'm going to totally flip-flop and go from saying it was scary to saying it's not that scary at all. <laughs> Once you read this paper, don't point your voice assistant anywhere near a window. Yeah. Although, I mean, that can be hard. Like, I mean, that's easy for us because we live in, you know, <laughs> grad student apartments where no, you have like one window. That's true. But like if you live in a regular house, if you're on your ground floor, like almost anywhere in a room is line of sight to a window. True. All right. I'm back to scary. Yeah, I mean, I'm back that, that's to a hard scary. One. But no, I mean, it's really interesting and it kind of makes you think to maybe like other applications of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's an interesting shortfall because these MEMS microphones are everywhere. 
like it's like the default sensor you go to for an audio input and it's like just the fact that you could do this with another piece of hardware and some creativity you know it's scary in that sense because there are billions of these devices yeah or i mean like let's say you if you got like a recording of someone's voice and yeah. there was thing and there are things that have voice recognition then you can start spoofing other you know more like I don't know. I'm just thinking of like some kind of like spy movie scenario where there's no. like a room where top secret stuff is and it requires, you know, an iris scan and uh, and a voice command that recognizes your particular voice. But like that's a way to spoof that thing, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, so it's interesting you bring that up because it's in the paper and they talk about that because some of these devices do have voice recognition for activation. Yeah. What they found, one shortcoming is that it's often only the activation command that's voice uh, that uses voice recognition. So once it's opened and activated, anyone can talk to it. Oh. So you can imagine if it's, this is like the most basic case. If a male voice was used to set the key, it'll unlock for a male voice only, but then a male or a female could talk and be recognized after once that. unlocked, yeah. So you could start, like like you were saying, you record someone's voice. You know, you could easily find someone's phone number, call them, record a small snippet of their voice, and that's enough to train a lot of these artificial voice software programs now to where then you can come up with like, you know, you type in text and it'll read it back. You generate the audio signal, yeah. plug it into your laser and you're wow. in business. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I feel like we we're shooting ourselves in the foot by having a podcast. We're putting our voices out like someone could just run one episode through some AI thing and have perfect replications of our voices. I know. Which would we, be really watch cool. out for watch out for this election cycle as the paper boys <laughs> yeah. run for president. Yeah. Oh boy. Um You know what? I'd be flattered if someone faked our voices. Yeah. That they actually took the time. <laughs> yeah. Um that'd be great. So this is pretty crazy, and we've really only talked about like the smart devices. You mentioned earlier though that there are they did stuff with like a Tesla or like just other devices. What what were those tests all about? Yeah, so they downloaded the apps for these cars and you know you it's not like you can just probably see a random car and start screwing with it, but um, they were able to do things like unlock and lock trunks, starting and stopping a vehicle's charging and climate control, like for a Tesla. Oh, geez. So it can cause a lot of nuisance to someone. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can open the trunk, too, that's like a way you could go steal the car. Yeah. I mean, that's not great. So um, they noted for the Tesla, you can only start it with the keys in proximity. So you can't, like, start a Tesla remotely with a laser pointer. Right, okay. Another car they were able to start and, I think, move from park, but the engine stops as soon as you try to move it from park, and it's like, no one's in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to actually get to the point where it, these cars are on and the voice control is, like, activated, there's more steps involved. But it, it just goes to show that, like, you know, somewhere in the system, there's this weak point, and... It doesn't take much social engineering to get to the point where you have access. Yeah, no, and I think it's hopefully maybe this was like the motivation kind of of their research as well is like we already know, okay, you got to create good passwords and you should have your thumbprint, like you should have your phone locked. So you need to use your thumbprint or you need to put in a code. All these things that are like, well, that's a, that's a weak point. That's a weak point, like yeah, where you can lose your stuff. This paper really points out, hey, we, we have microphones everywhere and those are not safe like you think they are yeah i mean people, people i think already know that because they know that facebook and google are listening to them all the time but it's more like the microphone is actually like a hardware access point for hackers yes 
Yeah. And it can, you think that you, since we hear and you have to be generally close to things that have audio inputs, that you would automatically just detect someone who's trying to hack your device through that port. But it's like, that's not the case. Yeah. With a laser. Yeah. Dude, it's weird because when you first told me this would be about like lasers and doing voice commands, I was thinking of something which is actually the reverse, where you can shine a laser at a window and then you can, um, the reflection, like the voice and oh. sound that's going on in the room causes the window to vibrate so slightly and you can measure the vibration and hear what's in the room. Dude, you should have been an author on this paper because they talk about that as a way to like, the, I mean, sort of like sci-fi way. They're like, you could even using the same laser, use that as a way to back out someone's voice characteristics. Yeah, exactly. And then generate the tones. Yeah. Or, you know, like figure out their pin just from analyzing that. Right. Yeah. No, the laser is the lasers and windows. It's a bad combination, man. Yes. <laughs> a lot of bad <laughs> stuff. You either need a house with no lasers or no windows. Your choice. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough would you Pick rather. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, the paper is really good. It's open access. I encourage anyone who's interested to check it out. Like, you can figure out most of it just by scrolling through and looking at the pictures, which I love to do. Uh, I actually did read this, though, I promise. Um, <laughs> I think the last thing that's kind of interesting about it is at the end, they have a section dedicated to countermeasures. Yeah, I was wondering if my genius tape idea isn't going to work. Then, <laughs> Well, they didn't list scotch tape. Mm, okay. Sorry. Hey, I said electrical tape because specific, because that wouldn't let light through. They didn't actually but, mention uh, any type of tape. No! <laughs> but they did say... So they kind of gave three big categories of things you could do. The first being like a software approach where you add additional authentication. Hmm. So like make your authentication more robust. But, you know, that's what they say for everything. And humans don't like doing that. Yeah, it's like that. No one's going to want to do that. Like, oh, now they have lasers. So I'm going to have to say 10 different pins and then open up my phone app and punch in the number to finally use my Alexa. Yeah, it defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose. I mean, they gave some other examples that would maybe be less burdensome, but, you know, I don't think it's the best. So what? Um, what's like a better way to get around this? Well, so one thing that I thought was cool is, is a more hardware-centric approach, um, like using sensor fusion. You have so much information that you're collecting on these devices. Like you could detect if there's uh, way more light than you're expecting by the microphone. Oh, so you could just have like a laser sensor somewhere on here. Yeah. Okay. You could also, there are other ways to detect if there are people in the vicinity or nearby. Oh, so someone would have, it would have to know that a person is there in order to actually do a voice command. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So using some of the other additional sensor information that they have to get a better context um, for what's happening. Yeah. Okay. And then another way is to actually look at designing more secure microphones that reduce the amount of light that can actually get into the diaphragm of the microphone sort of like what you were saying but then usually the things that block light will also block sound and then you have less sensitivity so it's sort of a trade-off yeah it, it i mean it also kind of seems like are these companies really going to like design these things to be safe from a laser attack i don't know i mean is do you think a laser attack is like that big of a concern to most people that they would do that I wouldn't think so, but I think all it takes is like one person with a Google assistant having their garage and house broken into from this. Yeah. For that to be a big lawsuit. Basically one news story that yeah. gets people scared. 
But I mean, I, I think that would be grounds for like, oh, for go- sure, suing Google too. Right. People have sued for way less. Right. Well, they could probably just throw into their terms and conditions, since none of us read it anyway. Like, oh, if your device gets hacked and something bad happens, we're not liable. <laughs> Which <laughs> probably, probably solves. Yeah. <laughs> but who reads those? Yeah. Man. Uh, okay. So uh, I feel like normally at this point in the episode, I would say, whoa, I'm alarmed. You've changed my life. But I don't really have any of these devices. I'm like, I'm pretty anti-IoT anyway. So yeah, I'm like, this is another reason that I'm not going to buy one of these because I don't like something just listening to me anyways. Yeah. I mean, our we have our phones in our pockets. I say that, but then I like, uh, there's no real... Our laptops are listening to us now anyways. I know. Like, it's like, oh, suddenly I draw the line at having a speaker that also listens to me i don't know i feel kind of silly but you gotta draw the line somewhere there you go i'm gonna say that when people say like but you have your phone i'll say you know you gotta draw the line somewhere (laughs) literally there's no rebuttal to that literally not (laughs) except well you know charlie it is a free country yes for america for listeners in america at least yeah nowhere else is a free country nowhere else only america is a free country only america that's why i love living here Cool. Well, thanks for bringing that in. I think this is kind of a short episode. So uh, go enjoy your day, listeners. Yeah. We now free you from the bondage of paper boys. Use this to as a springboard for the rest <laughs> of your creative day. Yeah. Go buy a laser pointer. <laughs> uh, more importantly, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. We mentioned up front, we did a bonus episode about Skylab, Space Station, Mutiny. Sleep. Sleep. There also a Mars simulation study where people lived for like a year and a half in total isolation in hawaii which is pretty cool it's crazy yeah you should definitely check it out there's some weird implications about human psychology yeah i i feel like we have not done a good job of really describing what this bonus episode is but you're right the underlying thread is like basically what happens to people when you isolate them and stress them out specifically astronauts or grad students or grad students yep yeah totally applicable same thing so go check that out. Pi dollars a month gets you all the bonus episodes and we have some more tiers. You get a free sticker also. So we'd really appreciate um, if you support the show through the Patreon that way. So check it out. And please join us again next week for another exciting edition of Paper Voice. <laughs>